shit, I break it. Step into my zone, mad rhymes will stifle ya. Lines like rifles go blast when I kick some ass. A lot of rappers be like one-time wonders. Couldn't say a fly rhyme if there was one right under their noses. I hate those motherfucking poses, but I'm so real to them it's scary. And with my unique skills, nah, you can't compare me. And no, we don't make whack tracks. And all the suckers get pushed back when I'm kicking real facts. I represent, set up shit like a tent boy. Paranoid because you're a son like Elroy. You missed the best part of that song. Got to got to get the Elroy in there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're a son like Elroy. A lot, they, a lot of people won't even get that reference, Dean. Like yeah. They're like, who's Elroy? It, it is uh, a little bit dated at this point, uh, but still. But yeah. but you, you should know who it is, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, they're, I, they're on the Jeffersons. I still. <laughs> it was something the, like that. It's the Jeffersons, not the Jetsons. <laughs> I think uh, I still think he's probably the most. Underrated I, 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 MC of all time. Yeah, well, I think people will kind of remember Judy Jetson, right? What, what was the mom's name? I, I know a lot of people like the mom. Remember, like, remember, like, uh, uh, Judy was the daughter. Well, remember, like, Ghostface, like, didn't they do that skit about, like, wasn't Judy Jetson referenced? It was, like, Chrissy or Janet? Chrissy or Janet. Yeah, I, I definitely know that, that you're you're a Chrissy person. I was. Yeah. Well, I was a Janet person. Not, 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 not as much as, as as an Aaron Gray person, but you know. Yeah. Well, we, we don't want. Let's not talk about Aaron Gray. You, you, you had your chance with Aaron Gray, and and, and that was a that was an epic fail, yes. as, as the kids today say. Yes. That, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um. You got blue balls on that, Dean. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, all right. Better have my donuts here yeah, to the left of me. Probably didn't go far enough. Bad news, Roman. Um. We uh we, we missed last week, but we're back here um, coming off the heels of I think we're in the third week now of uh, of the of the brand extension, and uh, so we can we can have a little uh, there's there's enough of a of a body of work to kind of judge yeah be so, judgmental yeah so I wanted to talk a, a little bit about that like not necessarily we're going not going to go show down. by show right no, yeah, not, good but um. But like trends that we're seeing, things that that we like or that we don't like, um, and then definitely, um, you know, last night was uh, the opening of the second round of the CWC. I'm, I'm hoping you saw. Um, uh, no, I fell asleep, dude. God damn it! Well, I'm, I'm waking up at four thirty every morning. And you're coughing on you're coughing on air. And you're hey saying- man, I, I I I can still talk about this match, these matches. So, uh, well, we'll see if we get into that. Or, or if not, um, so I guess let's, let's let's start talking about um, the direction that that this uh, brand extension is going with Raw and SmackDown. Well, let's let's go with SmackDown Live first. Okay. So SmackDown Live, I think, uh, has a lot of things going against it for it to for it to kind of compete with Raw. But um, the one thing that I do like, you know, in, in terms of well, here's here's the thing in terms of storylines or matches, I think SmackDown is either on par with Raw or, as of right now, I think over the past two weeks they've had better matches than Raw has uh, just because you haven't had like Finn Balor or, you know, wrestle. It's been a lot of promos on his end. Um, so I, I'll give a slight edge because I think the matches have been pretty decent for SmackDown, um, especially when I, when I don't have to watch, um, and I know you're going to get mad, but when I don't have to watch um, Cesaro and... Uh, the Celtic Warrior, as they say, I mean that—that's just a program that doesn't interest me. Even though Cesaro, you know, even though I like Cesaro, um, anytime you bring in a good old redhead over there, um, it, it really doesn't move the needle for me. But into, before you comment on that, 
So, in summation, slight edge to to matches as of now for SmackDown. But what I really like what SmackDown is doing is I like their uh, what they're doing outside of the show, right? Like a, a lot of trash talking on SmackDown Live, like the show itself, like the pre-show or just like the talk show aspect of it after SmackDown gets off air. I really like what they're doing there because they're able to incorporate it within the show and uh, really kind of keep that flame kind of going between Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So um, just. Without without going uh, too much onto it, I, I actually, you know, I, I understand. Like, I agree. For me, Sheamus doesn't move the needle, but in a vacuum, I thought I thought they had a really good match. Um, a really thought, good match. I, I thought it was. A, I'm not going to say it was great, but I thought it was, it was I really it, good. I enjoyed watching the yeah. match. Um, and then Cesaro having that second match. Later, oh, that was, that was got, a great match. Yeah. yeah. So um, so, in like not to go into like you know talking um you know segment by segment um. I do, I do like some of the matches um, that that Raw's been putting out. Um, I thought uh, so. So here's my thing. Um, well, you know what? Everything I just said, forget it, dude. Seriously, because I mean, there's like two divas matches in SmackDown that are just terrible. But yeah, okay, keep it. Yeah, yeah. Because that. Well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, we could get into that too. Um, I was gonna, you know, talk about this whole, like, really briefly, this whole Eva Marie thing. Um, I think like. Uh, you know she can't work, so I actually think you know it's it's about the best thing they can do is bring her out there. You look at her for a couple minutes, and then they send her back, and they don't have her in a match. Um, I think that's pro- that's probably pretty good um, writing on their behalf to try to protect the fact that she can't work. Um, I don't think you can draw that thing out very long, um, but it, it's a uh, yeah. It's the divas division on SmackDown is is a wreck right now. Um, I, I like my favorite part of the, of the of that divas division on SmackDown is when Carmella comes out and she tries to cut a promo and it's just like quiet as all hell. And like, then and then like, it's like if I ask you a question about something where you have to think about it and it gets quiet. That's that's kind of how the crowd reacts to. And then two minutes into her talking on the way down uh, the ramp, she gets jumped from behind by Natalia every yeah. single time. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's the only time I really like seeing Natalia like insert herself in, into a program because I don't have to hear Carmella talk anymore. Yeah, and, and come come up with some rhymes to drop dimes. Like Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just did off the top of the dome. And it was better than Carmela's promo. Because when in Rome. Yes. Um so here's one thing that I, I kinda wanted to bring up and I think um I think it's kind of effective the way Raw's using it in a certain way. Uh, actually I don't even want to go that far. I think SmackDown, um, you're seeing like um the thinness of what they've done with the way they drafted. But um the return of the squash match. And like specifically, like the local jobber uh, squash match, um, I think that there's a lot of like um, merits to it. I think there's a lot of good things um, that you can get. I don't mind them bringing back squash matches. Just like NXT sometimes is like there's some of them are like squash matches too, right? Right, but I mean that's more on. I mean I think that's more. Um, I think that's more like makes sense with NXT in that it's developmental anyway. So like these local people or these small guys they're bringing these small time guys they're bringing in, that's kind of what that show is anyway. So I don't think it ever never really crossed my mind like oh this is some local jobber because sometimes it's just some guy that's new at, at developmental that I maybe don't know. Um, but I think like um, um, as bad as the Braun Strowman stuff is, um, I think like it makes sense. In a, in a way to have these local jobbers coming in like that, and that's really the only time Raw's using it. Um, I still don't understand. Like, if you think you have some kind of future with Braun Strowman, why well, three times in a row you're going to bring him out and have him face some like 
hundred hundred eighty pound soaking wet guy, and you're gonna let that guy cut the promo, and you still and you still won't let Braun Strowman touch a mic. Like I think he sucks on the mic, but I mean, like it, I think uh, it just it just doesn't look right. Like if you're WWE, why why the guy? But who, if, if you know that he already he, if you know that he already doesn't know how to cut a promo, then why do you want him to cut a promo? I don't I don't know why some these job guys are cutting promos. They can't cut promos either, and they're putting them on the mic. I mean. Who cares what these guys have to say? Like nobody, nobody cares. So like, go ahead and do your squash match. Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to interject a promo in there where none, none needs to happen? And if you really feel like you do, shouldn't your star that you're trying to build be the promo guy, not some guy that we're never going to see on TV again? That that's that's all I'm saying about that. Um, but you know, in a sense, I, I don't really have a problem with the actual squash matches themselves. What I do kind of find funny is um, SmackDown is like really heavy with um, squash matches on like um, like specifically a lot of squash tag team matches and stuff like that, and and that I kind of have an issue with just in that um, you see like a couple of them every week, and then you know I think there's plenty of guys that are actually on that roster that aren't necessarily doing anything that you could throw them together as a tag team for a week or something. Like, I don't understand why SmackDown has to have so many squash matches from guys that aren't really on the roster. Well, I mean, so they, they've only had it for like, have they had it more than just American Alpha? Yeah, there's like, I can see every week there's been at least one like tag match with some guys that, you know, straight jabroni guys that, you know, I've never heard of and, you know, they're not going to be around. Well, what would be the? Uh, I mean, what, what would be the alternative, right? I mean, the whole thing is. I mean, I, mean, I know that you see so you pair some guys together, but they only have enough guys to pair together. Well, I mean, you got like what Del Rio, yeah, <laughs> and you got Del Rio and who? I mean, I, I think like, I think if if uh, like if the Wyatt family comes back, if if uh, if what's the name comes back, and then you have the Wyatt family as as a tag team, mm-hmm. uh, you have American Alpha. And then who who else is there? I mean, right. well, so like uh, they kind of. I think maybe they're going to get out of that mode because in the last mat, the last uh, episode, you had when Alpha wrestled, you had all these other teams, and one of them, which I predicted would be there, was the uh, the Hype Bros, right? So now you can actually like put them. Uh, but something like you know, I, I thought. Um, well, they have odd villains, and, right? But yeah, one, but what and yeah, they can be wrestling each other. But like for example, on Raw, right? There was kind of a thrown together. Um, the Dudley Boys fought against mm-hmm. Neville and and um, Sin Cara, which good match, right? Um, and you know Sin Cara and and um, and Neville. I don't think they're going to be a team, but they're you know they're able to put them into some kind of tag match, right? So like I'd say, I know one of the Usos is hurt, but why not have the other Uso wrestle with somebody and 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 be in a match instead of just having these these job guys come out like constantly? I think there's a place for it. I think that it can be used effectively. But I kind of feel like uh, SmackDown's using it a little bit too much. And, and maybe it's just because SmackDown is so new and they're still settling out what their rosters are going to be. Um, but I just think it, it seems like uh, you could get more out of the roster that you got. Because I think the point was, even though they got less picks, you know, they had only the two-hour show to fill. Um, you know, let's let's use these guys that got drafted. and, and uh, But... Here's the thing, though, is like so. The problem that has when American Alpha when they fought the VOD villains last week, it's like it's pretty. That was to me that was pretty close to being a squash as well. And, and, and I don't think that you can have. I mean, you need you need to have American Alpha out there um, all the time, 
And at the same time, like you can't bury them because then you're, then you're going to get critical response from me and you, from people on Twitter. Um, but, you know, for, for them being so new, you, you can't have them beat everybody, every tag team on the roster and, and you know, and, and do that. And then because you, you, you don't you won't have like a, a formidable opponent for them to face. So my my whole thing is like, if you're going to bring in a jobber team, you know, I mean, because if you're going to bring in a jobber team for American Alpha, I personally would rather see that, mm. you know. So so you could have, I mean, so you can have like like the Vaude Villains. I think you know they're they're not the greatest team, but I think they could be a good foil, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like be so quick to job out um, the Vaude Villains right yeah. now. I like, mean, I, I think you have... Ascension, yeah. maybe? Well, yeah, Ascension, but but so, but so here's here's the... I mean, I, I even have a problem with that. It's like, I know you don't like Ascension. Um, I, I'm not saying that, that I'm going to stump for them and, and say, you know, whatever, but at the same time, like, in the long term, if you want this, I, I think that you have enough tag teams where... Enough young tag teams where you can you can have programs with with these teams over the long haul, but you can't have it right now because I think if you put American Alpha versus Ascension and they beat Ascension, then Ascension's back to what they were before. I mean, they were hardly ever used. They're, they're, they're not seen as a legitimate threat. Whether you liked it or not, this was a one-time tag team champion for an NXT. I would much, ra- I would much rather see I would much rather see squash tag matches because I think there's I mean, yeah, this is something we haven't seen in a long time. But the, you know, but I mean, establish. I mean, establish these establish these new teams that most people haven't seen, right? Like establish Ascension. You know, maybe Ascension can can work on something better than their stupid finisher that they have, and work on something else. But I mean, the thing that I used to that I used to like about the squash matches, especially in tag teams, was that you you would under you would start seeing like okay, you know, you start watching these teams, start knowing what their moves are, start knowing what their finishes are. So when you had say the Rougeau brothers versus the Killer Bees. I don't think that has ever happened, but okay, maybe the Rougeau brothers versus the Heart Foundation, right? You knew you hated the Rougeau brothers. You thought they were weak. They're like, dude, there's no way that they can beat the Heart Foundation, you know. And and within the in the fact when they actually beat the Heart Foundation, you're like, oh no, well, you know that that's a that's a crock. You know, Heart, Heart Foundation needs, needs to get their revenge back. But they had they had you know they they fought the they fought these you know scrubs every week. I knew the moves. I knew their tag team moves, and so when when it was a case of okay, you know the ascension is gonna you know the ascension is gonna face American Alpha, since I have some type of backlog of what they do, it's like okay now I want to see what this team is. I think part of the problem once once you had that you know the attitude era when you went the end of the squash match because you're competing against everybody was that you're not able to build these people up in terms of kind of this mythos about this team. Mm-hmm. And and then it plays itself out when they stop when they when they actually start facing bigger teams. It would be a lot more believable for me if you had American Alpha versus um, the Ascension, and they're they're facing all these squash teams and everything, and, and the Ascension looks really looks really strong against these squash teams, and then they beat American Alpha. I wouldn't be okay with that, but I could understand it, right? At least like the, the kid that's watching is going like, oh wow, you know, like. You know, yeah, I've I've seen Ascension, you know, beat everybody for the, you know, I've seen both these teams beat everybody. Where I think if you have like say like next week American Alpha versus Ascension, well, you want to make Ascension look strong, so Ascension beats them, and then what, what's the first thing we say? Oh, they're getting pushed mm-hmm. at the expense of American American Alpha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I see what you're saying. Um, my only thing is, um, if if you kind of go back, that's exactly how they built Ascension the first time, right? And they were like the only guys that were getting like 
the local jobber squash matches against two cruiserweights every time that made them look like they were big, like they were the Road Warriors uh, uh, reborn again. And then as soon as they started getting them in there against like legitimate competition, they looked terrible. So, I mean, I think that I think you might be you might be right on this. Um, I think, yeah. It would. Well, I think the big problem is that they they compare him to Legion of Doom, right? right. And that's that's stupid unto itself, right? But I mean, I think there there's a lot of truth to what you're saying in that if they start, um, you know, having the Ascension um, beat up on these job teams to establish that yeah they're they're a good team, then yet yeah, it would mean more down the road if they if they lose to um, to American Alpha or some other good team. But I just think that like you got two hours, and you have um, a smaller roster than what the Raw has, so you should probably give these guys on your roster some some time. And I just think that like I honestly I I don't have a problem with that it, except that I think Ascension I think they've already gone down that route and and I. Like, it's, I don't it's mind like, circumstances, though. I mean, you didn't have the brand split. You didn't have a bunch of these young tag teams in in this show, right? But now I'm gonna have to like endure Ascension fighting some job team, and then the consequence is I'm not gonna see Alpha that week, or I'm not gonna see Vaudeville or whatever the other tag team that that is on that roster that probably deserves to get some kind of run. They're they're not gonna get some TV time. But but I think there's I think there's points to be made both ways. I think. I do think that like return of the squash match is a good thing, but I think it should be used judiciously. That, that's all I'm saying. Well, and, and at the same token, you shouldn't have two two to four segments devoted to a divas division that's just terrible, right? And so that, I, I would much rather see. I mean, because I, I can understand because my first reaction was like, well, no, you can have you can still have American Alpha, you know, do a squash match as well. Uh, I mean, one solution you could do, which which I never really like, is you have one person from each team face each other, you know, and mm-hmm. and you, know, you can build you can build stuff up that way. Um, but to have, I, I mean, listen, I thought Alexa was fine. I, mean, I, I thought Alexa actually did a, a decent match. Did I get her name right? Yes, Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I, th- I thought. I mean, she was. I thought she was passable. Yeah, she did. She, did a decent she didn't match. embarrass herself. Yeah, and her last uh, her finishing move was 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 good. It wasn't you know. Come on, dude. You don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt. No, it's, it's fine. I, I think it's fine. I think, I think Aki Man used that move, dude. No, never. Um, <laughs> nah, he was... He was, um, yeah, but he, he was, he was a shooting thing. star. Yeah, but he also had that one move where... The, her, her, the finishing move, he had that move, too. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I don't recall, but I'm not going to disagree. And, and it, was, it wasn't the shooting star. It was a... It was like the... the like, it wasn't the Phoenix Splash, either. It was like this crazy, like... Whatever. Okay. Because the Phoenix Splash was that that wasn't Jeff Hardy's move, right? No, nah, Phoenix yeah. Splash is like um, Hannibal's move. Yeah. So yeah, he did the Phoenix Splash. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got it right. Okay. If you say so. Yeah. I, I don't think Alexa Bliss is the problem with the Divas Division. Uh, well, no, Car- Carmel is the problem with the, li- well, <laughs> the division. And even Marie. And and and, and uh, what's her name? And Natalia. What's her name? And and even uh, even Becky. Uh, even Becky Lynch. Yeah, I thought she had a terrible show. Uh, you know, especially when she's trying to cut a promo. What did she say at the end? Like, she says something like, bring it or something? Or... Yeah, I don't know. It's... I think, it, it's canned. It's, I think it's that, that It's Becky, contrived. Yes. Becky has a lot of uh, things going for her in wrestling. But 
but she needs someone good to wrestle with. Right, and yeah, that's the thing. Like she like, can't carry that division, right? Because she doesn't have the personality. They, they need Bailey over there. Uh, yeah, and and let me okay. So that that was another thing that um I was I was gonna get into um and not just specifically to Bailey, but when we came in and we did the the show uh like right after the draft and then um you know I kind of was talking about like you know we were kind of in that like half kayfabe half for real thing and talking about well how do you you know look credible when you're gonna draft Carmella ahead of Bailey and this and that. Um, a few weeks um, now that we're a few weeks removed from the draft, I actually think that um, WWE did kind of a smart thing for more than one reason in leaving. Are we in kayfabe mode right now? No, for or? real. Okay. Um, in for real. <laughs> for real. Yeah. For show. For show. Yeah. Um, in, what was that dude's name? Yeah, the Warriors. When he got arrested. That was Chris. Chris. Chris, it wasn't Chris Tucker, was it? No, it was Chris. Uh, he, he got arrested with the Folk Show shirt. Yeah. Folk Show. <laughs> right, right, right after I, I served him at uh, at Dave and Buster's. You served him at Dave and Buster's? Yeah, I told you. Oh, oh, yeah. And he left me I a dollar. You meant, I thought you meant like served, like served him with papers. No. Yeah. yeah uh, he left you a dollar tip? A dollar fifty. A dollar fifty. Folk Show. <laughs> folk Show, yes. Um, so, what was it? So, um, no, this for real. Um, it thought, uh, like, you know, it just looking at it, it's like, yeah, you're going to draft some of these bums and you're not going to draft Joe, you're not going to draft Shinsuke. But I think what they've done is kind of a smart thing in that, like, okay, you're going into this experimental brand split and, you know, you're going to try to do more or less what's the best thing you can, but probably there's going to be unforeseen um, circumstances that come down the road. And I think that what it allows them to do is evaluate it for a month or a couple months and then see where each shows are lacking, and then say, okay, we need this guy to come up to SmackDown, or we need this guy to come up to Raw. So, like, in hindsight, and I think, you know, I don't think that they draft saying, okay, we're going to have a, a crappy divas, uh, a crappy women's division on SmackDown, okay, but now, yeah, that's kind of what we got. And now they can say in another month or so down the line, say, okay, now we need to bring Bailey and put her here. Or Well, if, 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 they, if they didn't realize... That they had a crappy divas division for SmackDown, and it takes them two, three weeks to figure that out. I mean, I, I have some serious issues with that. I, I think what you have too is that you also have, you know, you have. I think what it comes down to is you have a bunch of writers, right? And so now all of a sudden you, you have a brand new writing team for SmackDown. And I, I, I get what you're saying, but if they really wanted SmackDown to really like compete, like go neck and neck with Raw. You draft you draft Joe and and Shinsuke, right? I mean that that's a statement right there, right? It's like it's like here here's here's the problem that I have with with what you're saying, and it's not it's not the idea of it, but what what made NXT so good? What made NXT so good was that they were their own separate entity. They could do it do whatever they wanted to do, and then they could build this brand and see what happens, right? The problem that you have have you're going to have with this brand split. Even with the way the draft was set up, even with with everything, right? It's like SmackDown is always going to be the redheaded stepchild of Raw, you know, and, and and they can't break away from that. And and my whole thing is like, why, you know, why are you doing this brand split for? I mean, seriously, like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it to like build like two really strong brands, or is it gonna like to, is it there to like spark interest in a fan base that gets pretty tired of what's going on? Or is it a case where you want to build, you know, these stars that should have been pushed for a long time ago and start pushing those stars, right? So I, I'm thinking it's the latter, but at the same time, like if, if you know, so don't, if if that's going to be the case, don't give me this whole thing about like, 
Raw versus SmackDown, and, and you're and you're still trying to fuel the flames of like Raw versus SmackDown. It's like, well, there is no Raw versus SmackDown because in the end, SmackDown doesn't have uh, people that move move the needle as fast as Raw does. I'm not, I, Cena. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. What, but... what I'm saying is, I think I mean you have elements in place. I think D, you know Dean Ambrose need, needed to be the flagship guy. I have no problem with that. Uh, and to tell you the truth, um, Bray Wyatt actually cut like a decent promo like for the first time in a long time. He's good on the mic, but I, I'm always like I, my my eyes always kind of glaze over and I kind of like fall asleep a little bit when he just starts talking about like all this stuff that doesn't matter. Like he actually had a very pointed promo. And then, um, you know, Dolph Ziggler as well, right? I mean, Dolph, you know, I mean, that that first segment was a great segment. All I'm saying is, like, you know, do it that way. Don't give me this whole, like, the stayed thing of, like, Raw versus SmackDown if you don't put really good people in SmackDown. And, and if you really wanted to do that, if you really wanted to, like, establish these two brands, you bring up Samoa Joe, you bring up Shinsuke, and you put, or Shinsuke, and you put, you put them in SmackDown. Because I guarantee you, that you have people that that are going to watch Raw for the people that are there, right? Namely Enzo, right? I mean, Enzo, you watch Raw for Enzo, you watch Raw for Finn Balor, uh, and then SmackDown. It's like, yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch every week because not only do I have these three guys that I just mentioned in terms of Ambrose, um, Ziggler, and Bray Wyatt that I want to see what they can do now that they're under. You know, they don't have to compete with all these other people, and then you have these upstarts in Samoa Joe and, and Shinsuke as well. So. That's kind of like my whole thing with everything. Well, I think, I think it's okay with SmackDown that you start off and you have a few of these established guys, specifically the guys you're talking about. You got Bray, and you got Dean, and you got Ziggler that you can kind of like build around at at the beginning. Guys that you know, Dean it took a long time for him to get his opportunity, and now he's getting it. And guys like Ziggler and Bray that a lot of people argue haven't been getting the opportunity. But I think you see where that goes. And then you get what you can get out of it. And then when you say, okay, well, now now we need something. That's when you bring up Joe. Or that's when you bring in Shinsuke. Or, or it plays itself out there. So I think, I think it works better as an example here with the men's side of it than the women's. Because, yeah, granted what you said, if they didn't know that that women's division was going to suck, then, then they got some bad talent evaluation. But, um, but like, I think it does... It does for that, like for the for the men's side of it at least. I think, I think you can make a decent argument that you you take some of these known guys and and put them on their own show and see what see how far that they can take it. And then if there's something lacking, we need to bring up. Okay, now we decide. Okay, um, SmackDown is lacking a heel. Let's bring Joe. Raw is lacking a face. Let's bring in Shinsuke or vice versa. Right? And I think you can go that direction. So, so. Like a couple weeks out, I can see the logic in some of it. I mean, I think it didn't do any favors for the women's division, and I'm still gonna stick to what I said that all the women's divisions should have been on one show, like, and, and it's just not deep enough to run two divisions. Um, and I think it probably would have been better if the women went to SmackDown. Considering, you know, I think realistically, the, all the women should have been on Raw, and I think the cruiserweight should have been um, should have been SmackDowns. Like, especially if you consider Daniel... Okay, so Daniel Bryan and Morrow are getting pretty much, like, universal praise for the way that they're calling um, um, the CWC. Not, and I don't think it's just because they're good broadcasters. 
but I think it's because they care about that type of wrestling and they have like a really deep knowledge base of that wrestling. And you have Mauro Ronaldo. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And you got Mauro yeah, on who can on, who can pull who can stuff actually out. Yeah. who can actually call that match and pull stuff out of Daniel Bryan at the same time. Right. You're. I mean, and you know, you're not going to like. What is going to happen when you start having like some kind of high-profile cruiserweight match, and Michael Cole's in there trying to call moves that that he has no idea what they are, right? So I think, I think better off. I think it would have been better served that the CWC went to SmackDown, let let the Divas be on Raw, and, and like that way you could have a complete division here and a complete division here. And I think you got the right broadcasting team with the right general manager on SmackDown to do that that division justice. And then, and then, and a simple thing you could have done on on the flip side too is you have, like, say, like every either SummerSlam or WrestleMania, you have. I mean, leading up to it, you have a, a tag team cup, right? And then whoever, you know, whoever, you know, like, you know, yeah, you, you, you can. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but you could basically have like, for that pay per view, that's what the, that's when the tiles online and which way is it going to go, right? Like which you know. Which, you know, which, you know, brand is going to have the tag team belts. And you could do some type of stipulations for, like, you know, for, like, the champion, right? Like, so if you have, like, three rounds or whatever, the champion only has to do, like, the the last two rounds or, or whatever it is, you know? I mean, you could have done something like that as well. Yeah, you know, I think they should finish out this cruiserweight tournament and then figure out what works and what doesn't. I don't, want, I don't think they should oversaturate tournaments right now. But I think down the line, absolutely, uh, like a tag team tournament would be uh, a good thing for them to do. And you could you could also put that on the you could probably put that on on the network on the network as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yes. So, uh, seeing how you've been you've been doing a lot of, a lot of the show direction, which I appreciate. Um, I mean, let's let, and let's get into Enzo and Cass, right? All I mean, right. and the, and the whole thing is is I've been, I mean, Enzo like. First thing I want to say is that I feel that both shows are more focused, and and it's funny like when I watch like Raw now, it's not like it's, I'm watching and maybe they don't want to hear this, but um, but we only have like 15 listeners anyways. But um, you know when I used to watch Raw, it was like this over encompassing show, right? It's like you had no idea what was going to happen. There's just like three hours of just like all, and they're trying to cram everything into this three hours to you know to push a direction. Um, Raw seems very sh- like small. It seems like a really small like secular sh- secular show. Which which I really like. It's a it's a, it's a lot more focused. Um, you know the the storylines are there. You know for the most part. Um, I mean I don't I don't like Sheamus, but I think it's more of a case of. It's not that I don't like Sheamus. I just don't want to see him uh, with Cesaro. Like I think Cesaro could be doing other things. I did like that. I did like that Cesaro I, in that Cesaro match uh, versus um, Rusev. Uh, I think was a was a really. I'm not going to say it. I thought it was a highly effective match. Because you had the run in by Sheamus, and instead of like uh, Cesaro like losing right after Sheamus interferes, you know he kicks out and then he builds his own offense. So you think there's like, you think there's like a slight chance, you know, I was like, oh, you know, Cesaro can win. There's there was a there was a part in that match during the last eight minutes of that match where I know for us, I know for at least everybody, including you, you said you know Cesaro might actually win this match. I can see him winning this match, and then you know, and then. Then, like in reality, he takes over going like, well, it doesn't make sense because of the program with SummerSlam and everything. But I thought that was highly effective. At the same time, with Raw, well, I think what Raw does well, because I said what SmackDown does well, I think what Raw does well is um, they 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 realize that they have the best talker in the game uh, with Enzo. They give him plenty of mic time. Uh, they put him with they they put him with other with other super, superstars, whether it's Sasha Banks. I thought 
I really liked what Sasha Banks and, and Enzo did a, a week ago, and, and I really liked what Chris Der- Jericho did as well. And I especially like the program that they did where, um, you know, Kevin Owens and, and Chris Jericho are, are kind of planting the seeds with, with big casting, like, you know, this guy's running his mouth and you're the one that's taking care of it. As good as Enzo is, I think people are overlooking. Kaz is really good on the mic, too. And, and I really think what you kind of have here is um, I would probably say that on this side of Holland Nash and um, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, I think you have one of the best promo-cutting tag teams in a long time because uh, Enzo, of course, is great. You know, Enzo isn't always on, but <laughs> when the stage is big, you know, it's like when Summer Class Sam comes around, you know you're going to wait. You want Enzo to come out because you know he's going to cut a killer promo. And they're going to put on an entertaining match as well. And then I think you have Kaz. You know, Kaz, he mops everything up, you know, in in, in the ring and, and on the mic as well. But I, I think I think uh, Kaz is really good on the mic too. He's not getting the credit that he deserves. Do you think that uh, they're running the risk of... Uh... Overexposure, overexposing um, Enzo's mic skills. Because here's the thing: here's the thing that I was, you know, I've been, I've been listening to a few podcasts, um, and one was kind of on this talking about that topic, which I thought was a good um, topic. But the first thing that came to mind for me was Conan. So if you remember back in the in the Conan Wolfpack days, mm-hmm. uh, when he when he was kind of when that group first came together, he did most of the talking. And that was when he he would he would come to the ring. He'd be cutting his promo like kind of similar to what Enzo's doing, and then uh, and then he'd always finish it off like with a couple of catchphrases. And like it was hot as shit for a couple of months. And then after maybe three to six months, it started like getting a little tired. And then after about a year, it just got straight up annoying. Um, <clears throat> and for me, you know, I don't think Enzo's jumped the shark yet. Um, and that's from me have been watching NXT for a while. So for like the newer people, I, I'm sure it's still really fresh for for the people that don't watch NXT. Um, but now I've been watching it for a little bit over a year, and it's still good. But I do believe like it's gonna come a point where if he doesn't switch it up, then that that catchphrase is gonna become tired too. Now he's still really good because then he gets in the ring and then he cuts like a different creative promo every single time but i think like you know that if you do let him do the same shtick every time and come down and then then cut a promo every single monday um and he's doing a great job at it right now i mean especially you know they they really carried a good first 30 minutes um just with that dynamic of those four um owens jericho and enzo and Cass. but i would be concerned that you know if it doesn't stay fresh that it could get tired relatively soon well, the argument I have for that is that, okay, so Conan relied on his catchphrases, and he really didn't say anything, right? I mean, he'd say, like, oh, I'm going to beat you up, you know, come Sunday, you know, whatever, the Wolfpack, blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of the same stuff over and over. What I like about Kaz is that, I'm not Kaz, what I like about Enzo is, so I don't, I don't like, for the most part, I really don't like his catchphrases. I don't like, you know, you can't teach that. I think that's stupid. Um, but it's, it's highly effective. But what I really like is is when he gets in the ring and he cuts a promo because not all of his promos are good either, right? I mean, sometimes he just he has regular decent promos, but he has the ability, which was shown um, last pay per view, to cut like a, a killer promo. And not only that, but it was that promo wasn't as good as their first promo against the Dudley Boys. I mean, I thought that promo was way better than the one at the pay per view. But in that he in, in that 
heat of the moment of of that pay per view, and he's cutting that promo in the way that you know. And to tell you the truth, I, I thought you know, I'm trying to say this in, in a way that doesn't sound stupid, but I, I think Cena played off really well in that promo, and I thought Kaz played. I mean, I thought Kaz as like two hype men. I think they did their job in terms of really like amping that thing Talking up. About the pay per view, right? Yeah, the pay per view, and that was the first promo uh, that that I went back to on the WWE Network, and I I watched the pay per view. Rewatched it just to watch that promo to see how good it was, and so I mean that's that's saying that's saying something. Kaz is you know I I, I see Kaz as I, I think he he can be a promo like and this, these are all different promos, but I can see him being a promo like a, a Stone Cold promo, which is probably the worst out of everybody. Uh, definitely uh, The Rock and even CM Punk, where it's like you wanted to hear these guys talk, and then they could back it up in the ring as well. Now Enzo, Enzo, I'm not going to say that he's the best worker there, but he, he's but he's an exciting worker, right? I mean, he, he he knows how to work and he knows how to get the crowd going with his work. I mean, the problem is it's his size. He, he doesn't have the national charisma that The Rock did. He didn't have like the the, the kick-ass uh, fighting style that Stone Cold did, and then he didn't have the technical ability of CM Punk. But I like watching his matches, and I don't care if he's with Kaz and I don't care if he's by himself. I think he I think he runs an exciting match. Yeah, I've I've been enjoying his matches, um, but I yeah I think overexposure for him in singles matches is also potential too because I don't think he's a great worker. Um, exciting, yeah. Um, you know he's got you know I like his like um, mid rope like uh, front DDT and a couple other moves that he's got, but he doesn't have like for for what he is, which is like a smaller guy, especially considering like. You know, you're watching this cruiserweight classic and stuff. He doesn't have a lot of the abilities that that a lot of those other guys do. Um, I think within, I think him and Kaz work really well together. Like the way Kaz kind of throws him around for different spots and things like that. I think they're a really good team together. But I think, um, and and actually, and go back um, a week or two, he had that singles match with AJ. That was a really good match. So I think that there there is something there, but I think. I think he's most effective in a tag team right now, like work-wise. And I think at some point down the line, he could have like a, a respectable singles run. But, yeah. but I think right it's, now... It's, it's going to be tough, though. I mean, it's going to be tough for him to have an effective singles run. You know, I mean, it's... Well, I think he, you know, he's still green, right? And I think that that's like an ideal spot for him to be in a tag team. But I think that the more experience he gets, um, then I think that he could... I think he can have an effective... A relatively effective singles run, but not now. Yeah, I think with I think with Enzo, I think Enzo, you know, I think both Enzo and Kaz are going to be. I think it's going to be like a, a, a true test of the kind of NXT system because I, the the thing is, is that you've had people coming from NXT that that are good, like you know Big E. I mean, he was good, right? And and he was more effective as a you know he was more effective as a singles competitor in NXT than he is now. Uh, and, but he's adjusted well. I think Bray Wyatt. I mean, I think Bray Wyatt's highly effective. But uh, you know, with with Bray, it's kind of like, you know, he's had the he's had a wrestling background the whole time, right? Like Bray's like a throwback, you know, to, you know, with what you know with Rotunda and, and everything like that, you know. So there's always like always like the guys you know that would come up either either it, it was like a really like guy that grew up in the business, um, or you have like a, like a really big physical presence of like Big E and, and to tell you the truth Big E was probably a failure 
right? Like he's he's better now because he's paired up with people. And I thought I thought when when him and Ziggler and AJ were together, yeah. I thought that was pretty yeah. effective. But, I, but, I thought but they killed that a little bit too soon. Yeah. But what what I'm trying to say with Enzo and Kaz is that here you have like two guys. So with Enzo, you have probably the best guy on the mic, probably right now, right? I think he's the best promo going, you know, in in wrestling. Uh, and he he shows some semblance of of. Like you don't you don't like you don't watch a, a an Enzo match at least I don't and go like oh well he's extremely limited you know it's like you look at him going like okay he's small uh, he's he should be doing like some more like I mean if, if he I think what I do is I kind of was like man if he was like Shawn Mike you know if he could work like Shawn Michaels or start doing that stuff but the problem is so this is what I'm trying to get at is that this is the NXT system that we're dealing with it, it, you don't have the territory system I think. Enzo is the first like legitimate small guy that's going to be a test to see if he can have a good career. On the flip side, I think you have Kaz, who, who's 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 like the big like you know tall wrestler that um, that Vince McMahon really likes. I mean, he fits the mold. It's just it's more of like his personality is is different from what McMahon is used to, and and it's not like the whole like there's not there's not like a, a big like gimmick to to go with. But I mean, you can you can look at Cass and go, okay, you know, this guy can be a champion in two to three years' time. But this is where we start looking at going, like, is the NXT system that they're doing right now is it effective? Because in the end, what is NXT for? NXT is to build like the next like you know to build like the next big superstar. Right now, we have plenty of superstars up on the top, established guys that haven't gone through the system. You're bringing in guys like Shinsuke, you're bringing in guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens that don't need an NXT. Um, Samoa Joe is the same thing. Here you have two guys that are homegrown. Can they be like superstars without, you know, within the, working with that system without the territory system? Because you haven't had, I mean, every like big major star has pretty much been like a territory type person, right? Or 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 independent. Independent, yeah. So and then here's one where it's like this is homegrown, mm-hmm. and I think Enzo and Kaz are, are, are kind of like the, the the first test to see. Because I'll tell you right now, if Enzo and Kaz, if, if they put them on, if they put them on a tag team run and they make them a dominant tag team. Which they can be. I, I mean, I personally believe that they can be the next dominant tag team for two to three years, right? Because they can talk, they can work well together in the ring. They're already established as a tag team, so it can work for a tag team. But it, the end game is okay. You split these two guys up. I mean, Kaz has everything going for him. Enzo has a lot more work to do. So where where are we going to go from here? Yeah, no, that. I mean, I think that's a fair point. Um, I think. There's there's a handful of guys now that are that are coming through um, that are making it to uh, the main roster that were straight developmental guys. American Alpha is another example. I think both of them are better workers, but they don't have the personalities that those two guys have. So ultimately, I don't know if they'll be able to split. But I think there's something there with Gable. Like Jason yeah. Jordan is. I, I mean, I think I, I don't want to. Which one? Gable's the, the smaller guy. Yeah. Like, so I like Jordan better, Nate. So Jordan, this is the low-hanging fruit, but Jordan is essentially Shelton Benjamin 2.0. Yeah, and you, I'm not. You've said that before, and right? I'm not saying that as a bad thing. That's a good thing. I just don't know that he's going to have the personality to. Well, ever... well, he, then granted, he is. He is a lot taller than Shelton Benjamin too. I mean, I mean, he he kind of fits the mold of like. I mean, he is like a. You know, Shelton Benjamin was good, but there was he didn't have all of the look, right? I mean. I, th- I think Jordan. I think Jordan is. Is I mean, he's he's tall. He's tall enough. He's uh he's good looking enough. And God damn it, Vince McMahon likes him. Yeah, but I think ultimately the same pitfall could become of him. But 
I've seen like Gable. There's something He's like that... Jim and Jim Brunzel two point <laughs> with that dropkick dude. Gable, <laughs> not Gable. Oh, uh, Jordan. Oh, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, I don't know if you read, but uh, Shelton, uh, you know, he had signed with WWE, and then through the he took a physical, and he has like a torn uh, rotator cuff, so he's out like four to six months. So, but he's still signed, right? He's not signed, okay. so it's something they'll revisit when he gets healthy, perhaps. But I was looking forward to a, a Shelton Benjamin return. So I just wanted to put that one put out Put that there. out there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did you have, was there another thing since I was dominating the early part of the show? No, I think, I think I'm good. Okay, so um, let's see. There's a couple other things that I wanted to bring up. One I can't remember, so I'll go with the other one. Um, Finn. So... Finn, you know, he's great in the ring, um, but, and he's like kind of so-so on a promo, and now you've kind of, they've made him this high pick, but they're not putting him in matches, and I think people want to see Finn wrestle, Um, but instead of doing that, they're having him talk. I I didn't really like his his little uh, vignette on, on Raw. Um... I don't know why they don't put this guy. I mean, you, especially you talking about like if we're bringing back squash matches and stuff. I mean, Raw's roster is is deep enough that you don't have to do that with him. There's enough guys like down on the card, but the, you you're trying to build towards like a a semi or a co-main event at SummerSlam with Rollins versus versus Finn Balor. And there's a lot of people that haven't seen a lot of Finn Balor. I think they should be showcasing him in the ring some because he is much more effective in the ring than he is talking. Um, I disagree. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think I think Finn is one of these guys. I understand your concern that you know you want to you, people want to see him wrestle, but I think uh, Finn Balor is a one of a kind talent. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing my, uh, I'm doing my uh, Tanahashi, but no, ser- seriously, like you, you don't. I don't want him. It's not. <laughs> it's not a question of being like exposed because he's not going to be exposed because he's he's already a great wrestler. But I don't. I, I want it to be. I want it to be like an epic match, right? Like I, I want. I want to wait. I, I want the for him. You, you give him the slow build. Don't don't put him in a in a squash match. Don't um, put him in a regular match. Um, I, I don't want to see him. Wrestle until he wrestles. Uh, he wrestles um, Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Yeah, see, I don't. I don't agree with that. I, I don't want to see him wrestle Rollins ahead of SummerSlam. Yeah, of course, but, but I don't. I don't want to see him wrestle anybody else either. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that at all. I think. I don't think he's going to hurt himself um, in the eyes of the fans by by wrestling and showing like giving a little more glimpse of what you're going to get. You know, it, I, he's not going. Okay, like we're talking about overexposure. Right, like when we're talking about Enzo here, and I think you know, I don't think that you run any risk of of Finn Balor overexposure because he's that good in the ring. The way the way that I see Finn Balor is kind of the way I see Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. I think you you start. I mean, Finn Balor's already had two really. I mean, he's had two good matches, and if I want to say really good, then I say really good. But he's had two legit matches. How about that? Okay, um, I. Shinsuke Nakamura, when he debuted versus Zayn, had probably one of the best matches of the year. I think Finn Balor, Seth Rollins could be one of the best matches of the year. I don't need to see Finn Balor wrestle, you know, a, a mid-card guy to make me feel that. I, I think if you slow play him out 
and you and you just so I, I'm not worried about overexposure with with Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor's and I, I I generally believe this. He is one of these guys that he doesn't. You don't need to you don't need to know or to see him wrestle for for you to you know for you to go like oh man this guy's really good. Everybody already knows he's really good. Just be patient with it, right? Like just you're like a week you're like one more week away. What what is Finn Balor having a match this coming raw? What is that going to add to anything? It's like let's wait. I mean you you have Seth Rollins, you have Finn Balor. I mean that's like a dream match in the making, right? That's like the one match that I want to see. I don't need to see Finn Balor wrestle. I don't need to see Seth Rollins wrestle. Just wait until the flipping pay-per-view. I mean get some get some, I mean it it makes it makes sense from the way that I say it. Okay, the way that I feel, and there's, I know there's people that feel the same way about me, and it also makes business sense too. So, so how do don't you, don't don't how, give that away, that stuff away for free, dude. How do you know that this is going to be like a potential match of the year? I don't know, but you know what? My anticipation is there, and you know what? I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch SummerSlam. I'm going to watch SummerSlam any. I'm going to watch SummerSlam anyways. But the whole thing is like, my, the, what's the main reason why I want to watch SummerSlam? The main reason why I want to watch SummerSlam is because I want to watch Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. And, and what's your basis for that? Uh, my basis right now, okay, is that I know who Finn Balor is. I've watched him in NXT, okay. I've watched him. Did I say NXT? Yeah. I watched him in New Japan. I watched him in NXT, and even before I watched him, all right, I knew who he was as Prince David. I knew there was some hype around him. That's what I'm trying to say is that Finn Balor. I think to the common fan, people have heard of him, and they want to see what this guy what this guy can do. They, they were given a glimpse at first Raw, and I think that first glimpse on Raw is enough. I don't think you need to like say you know, if 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 I live in a world where if you're a wrestling fan and you're stupid enough to like say like well I need to see Finn Balor in order for me to be interested in Seth Rollins, then that's not a world I want to live in. If 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 that is right or something, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> well, I, I don't think. I mean, I think people know. What they have in Seth Rollins because you know they've seen him for. But I think they have in Finn Balor too. Well, I there's a, there's don't a mystique, there, there's a mystique around around Finn Balor. You know you know how good Finn Balor right. is. Right. Well, that but that I, was my point was I've I've seen him wrestle on on New Japan and I've seen him wrestle in NXT, and my point is a lot of people. So even even when even when I didn't see because you were telling like there there was this buzz right and then how, how did you how did you find out about about. Prince Devitt. Was there a buzz? Did you read about him on Twitter? Did, how did you know about Prince Devitt? Like you were sitting there one day and you're like, and Prince Devitt comes out and you're like, man, I've never seen that guy before. Um, so the the way I found out about Prince Devitt was mostly I was trying to um, I was trying to um, fill out my roster for wrestling. Okay. And I'm I'm going through Wikipedia, like searching up like um, guys that I already know I want. And I kept seeing um, Fergal Devitt, Prince Devitt yeah. name appear. And then I saw it appear so many times that I decided to read his page. Mm-hmm. And then I read his page. And then I saw like all the stuff that I was reading so about him. You, you, so that's, how, that's what I'm trying to say, right? It's like there's buzz about him. And, and you know, if, if it's a Wikipedia buzz, then it's Wikipedia buzz. I mean, that's, that's how I found out about CM Punk. Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm like, who the hell is a CM Punk? You know, and so when so when CM Punk got signed by WWE, even though I'd never seen this guy wrestle, I'm going like, oh, they got somebody. You know, they got a they got someone that has a lot of buzz. It's the same thing with Prince Devitt. I think there's more people that that know. You know, they're they're. If we're talking about like the common fan, 
and I think the common fan is a lot more educated in terms of knowing who people knowing who people are. It's like the same thing like with eight when AJ Styles came when he debuted, right? Like he said he said on podcast, he's like, Well I didn't he's like, I didn't know if people were gonna know know who I am. Well, the common average fan now knows who knows who AJ Styles is because of his work with TNA, of his work with you know with New Japan. Even like so, like one of, one of our friends, right, that just got back into wrestling, and, and like the first couple months, he was a huge Seth Rollins fan because he watched Seth Rollins, right. And I think Seth Rollins was one of those guys, you know, where you, you can you see him, but he wasn't putting big matches right in the beginning, right. I mean, he was facing like top guys, but he wasn't having you going for a title. And then someone goes like, "Well, this Seth Rollins is really good." Well, this guy, this guy that just started watching wrestling, he You're already, talking about cardboard icons. Yeah, I mean, he already knew. He already knew. He already knew about AJ Styles, even though even though he just never seen an AJ Styles match. Yeah, but I think that's a little different though, because well, maybe not for him specifically, but AJ well, I'm, Styles I'm, I'm was on trying, American television. I'm, for, I am trying to get to the point of the stupid wrestling fan, right? And cardboard icons, he represents that. So <laughs> all I'm saying. All I'm saying is that is that the common fan now already knows who Finn Balor is. They already know that you know. They already know that you know. They know everything about the Bullet because they hear about the Bullet Club. Well, who started the Bullet Club? It was it was it was quote unquote Finn Balor, right? But it was actually Prince Devitt. So they already know who this guy is. That he already has a a mystique or aura or a, a stigma about him that people already know. And if and I'm saying like if 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 they if they know that he signed with NXT and people have the WWE Network, it's not like you get NXT on Hulu anymore, all right? You already know who Finn Balor is. So all I'm saying is that the way that they're doing it now, I don't think the argument of like you know well the common fan won't know who he is. So it's like well no, I think the common fan already knows who he is. I think the common fan has at least at least seen three or four matches of him, and maybe they didn't see the New Japan stuff, but I think they've seen enough of him. To, to know that this guy is really good, and I don't think you need to throw him out there on, on free TV until until the until the title. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I think there. I mean, um, I, I think there's some. I think there's there's something to be said for what you're saying, but I I still think. Well, I don't why, think why, why do you want him to? Why do you want him to wrestle for? I want to see him wrestle. He's good. Well, then be patient. Well, I mean, you, well, you, you can't see what they're doing. You know, I mean, I I. I see, but I, I don't. Uh, I just think. Look, it, it's uh, to a lesser. Uh, I don't even want to make that comparison, but it's like he he. There he wrestled two weeks ago, right? Yeah, he saw him. He wrestled once. Oh, he wrestled twice on one episode of Raw. Yeah, and then he didn't wrestle last week, and then he didn't. And wrestle then he, this he, he cut. I, I think the problem is he, he cut a really bad promo. Right. Yeah. So that's the time. Like, you know, he does some things very well, some things not so well. Yeah. Give me, give me the stuff he's well, gonna. Well, and, well, and and I would counter to you as a person over here telling don't, me. Don't you? Don't you ever counter to me? Yeah, I'm gonna counter to you right now as a person over here. <laughs> point counterpoint. <laughs> telling me you don't want to see Cesaro and Sheamus wrestle. Why not? Why not? Would you rather have watched a? Uh, you'd rather have watched that and been disappointed than have seen um, a Finn Balor match against somebody. If it if it's. If it's Sheamus versus Finn Balor, I don't want to watch that match either. And if it, if it's Cesaro versus Finn Balor, that is way too good of a match to to. Fair enough. I'm you not know. saying it has to be one of those two guys, but yeah, you, you wouldn't know. rather you wouldn't rather see a Devitt match than than that match that you just said you didn't want to see. I think I, I'm going to I'm going to Have say it. no no I no hold on I'm going to say I would I would much rather see 
I would much rather fast forward a Cesaro and uh, Sheamus match than and then watch a Prince Devitt match right now, because I think there's there's still a time and place for slow play. Like you know, I I want to see. I don't want to see. I don't want to see any warm up match because here's the little thing, right? You bring out you bring out Prince you, you bring out Finn Balor, and and Seth Rollins just cut a promo, right? So Finn Balor's coming up next, or Finn Balor's coming up for the main event. What the hell's going to happen at that main event? What is going to happen? You tell me what the finish is going to be. No, I didn't say it had to be a main event. Okay, any any match. What, what what's going what's the finish of that match? Now, granted, we live in the world of WWE. You tell me right now. Seth what, Rollins comes out. Thank and you very much, and I don't want to see that. It doesn't have to be that, but... But it will. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, of course it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that at all. But you know that's what's going to happen. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that, but... No, I mean, you, that, you're, you are full of it right no, now. No, no, no. Right? You, you, 9.9 out of 10.1 times, <clears throat> Seth Rollins is going to come out and interfere. Yeah, but I would do something like... But it's not going to happen. The point is moot. It's not going to happen. Against... In a steel cage? Uh, no, no, no. I put him against uh, the hottest free agent in in professional wrestling, and and they can put on. I, good, I, I, a have, good I have no quick match. I think that's the stupidest. I, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Nah, that that, that would work. I, no, I'm fine, I'm fine I, I, I don't. I don't want to see Prince Devitt. Or, why do I keep on saying? I don't want to see Finn Balor have a squash match against against what's his name, dude. I don't want to see him in a squash match. It doesn't do anything for me. We, and here's why because. Do you think Seth? Do you think Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor is a, can right as, as you're saying right now is could be a, a match of the year candidate? Sure. So why mess with it? Like let's just wait. You have one more week to wait. Just ride it out into the sunset, and then and then the, so the very next time you, you see Finn Balor is against Seth Rollins, and it might be the match of the year instead of him going against the flipping free agent. You you know who I do like is is what's his name came back the uh, gender yeah. I think they messed up though. I, I like that. I liked how he came back. The whole thing, how he, yeah. but yeah, I think he, I think he should be on SmackDown. I think <laughs> I, I don't think they need yeah. a guy like that on Raw. I think, yeah. but yeah, nevertheless, yes, I was I was Northern now. I was good. To, I was I was happy to see uh, Gender uh, getting another payday. So we are in complete disagreement with with the handling yes. of, of Finn Balor. We're going to agree to disagree. And so, but one thing that we will not disagree about. Is the golden mic, and now we've disagreed about what we're going to do. But I have to, I have to do some research. But um, this is going to be a golden mic. It's not a promo per se, but there's a couple things that uh, there's a couple things that are wrong with with this golden mic with what we've done in the past. So is it still going to be golden? Oh, it's always golden, dude. But I'm hoping there's no ad. So we'll just uh, no ad. There we go. And. Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? Again, please. Art thou bored? Yeah. Did you realize that you are a champion? Isn't the danger zone? Monkey like a monkey. I'm not a racist. That's hip. A case of PMS. steroids before. Yes, I have. Are you jittery? I'm always jittery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
am a million percent. That is better than a hundred percent. Never do a slim jam. Turn the spine. Baby juicy taste. My curiosity is killing me just like a cat would be killed. I have the curiosity, yeah. So we've actually done a golden mic with Macho Man before. It was the one promo that he uh, that we had with uh, during the Mega Powers Explode. But the, our audio was so bad back then that mm-hmm. I think it lost some of its luster. But um, just like hearing that montage, you know, it's we talked about that one particular uh, promo. But I think like you look at Macho Man's body of work in terms of promos, and and a lot of them are you know they they're always still popping up. Um, you know, he was an old school type promo guy, but Ric Flair was an old school type promo guy. I mean, he was like kind of, you know, Ric Flair talked about, you know, diamond rings and getting all the girls and living in the best places where Macho Man was kind of the, was kind of the crazy off, off the, off the handle guy. And I think when you look back at Macho Man, I think he was one of the best promos in the business. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a different time. Um, but yeah, his, his promo for the eighties and the early nineties, like that was you know that was one of the archetypal um, promos that wrestlers had, right? I think you had like the Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Like the Hulk Hogan was playing like the, you know, the straight guy, like the 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 guy that all the kids had to look up to. Ric Flair was like the playboy, and Macho Man was the crazy dude, um, <clears throat> and he could say anything at any time. Um, and he had that. It wasn't even like just like. Always what he said is just he had the voice, he had the cadence. Um, Like, a lot, you know, there's a lot of similarities, I think, with, like, him and Ric Flair. Like, they do it, like, a completely different way. But, like, a very distinctive voice and not, like, partly how their voice sounds, but, like, the voice of what that character is. Um, And, and, you know, often, (coughs) you can say, often imitated but never really duplicated. Everyone has, like, a Macho Man voice, but no one can do it quite like... uh, Macho Man, except for Jay Lethal. Yes, and then you want to get in Jay Lethal next week. Yes. Yeah. So that that's a little tease right there. That will. Be. That's just a little tate, a little tate of our podcast next week. Um, a, a, a tate of Corey Brett. So, uh, real quick, um, New Japan, um, Anma. <laughs> I like watching that guy wrestle, dude. I, 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 he, I actually, I don't. When he's on, I actually want to watch that match. And I thought he had a great match versus. I, I, I forget who it was, but it was a good match. Who remember who it was against? Was it? It, it was. It was, was it Shibata. It wasn't Shibata. No, it was, Shibata was Naito, right? Yeah, that and, was a and good match too. Shibata versus Naito, and then Naito versus uh, versus uh, Tanahashi was a good match as well. So, I, I mean, it, you know, we, we were. I was concerned with AJ Styles, not so much AJ Styles leaving, but I was concerned with with uh, uh, Shinsuke leaving, with the uh, Bullet Club leaving, Guns and Gallows leaving, and then um, AJ Styles as well. I'm like, well, who are they going to turn to? Uh, I really think, uh, and I mean, this is four or five months, you know, did in, on, in, in did the past. fight Goto? He didn't fight Goto. Goto it, fought on that show too. He fought. He fought like a, a mid a mid card guy, a guy that he. Oh, it, it was it was that uh, it was the it was a wrestler of with chaos that nobody knows. That, oh uh, yeah 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 it was uh, Yoshihashi. Yeah. yeah yeah no Yoshihashi he's he wasn't the guy that was in. Uh, WWE, right? No. Okay. That's Yoshitatsu. Okay. <laughs> Yoshihashi, Yoshitatsu. Yeah. What about what about uh, 
Hiroshi Hase. Um, <laughs> he brought out the scissors. Yeah. So, no, I mean the the, the old man match was, is it's a he's a very entertaining wrestler, and and the thing is, it's funny. Uh, when he first came on, like people really liked him because he was kind of like this lovable loser. Well, now that he's winning, he's not getting the same type of buzz, right? Like, I mean, I think I think he's still comical to people, but I'm kind of watching, I'm kind of listening to these matches, going like, well, how come they're not backing him up as much as they did before? Um, but he, yeah, you know, I didn't think I would like the guy. I mean, I don't like his look. I don't like. I just, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't like him. But when I watch his matches, I think they're great. Yeah, I like I like Tomaki Oma. He's a uh... He's like I think it's funny enough. It's funny the, the way it is, but New, New Japan for whatever reason they seem to get it right with the wrestlers that have that quote unquote comedy gimmick, right? Like I I, I don't I don't understand how anyone ever found Santino entertaining. And then it's funny even like when I listen to some of these podcasts and like Santino's name comes up and like and they're all busting the gut. <laughs> yeah, all the, and he, and Santino. Like, yeah, and these are like. You know, guys that were in the business. These are these are made men. <laughs> yeah, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, yeah." Santino was so funny. And I I never laughed. I never laughed at anything Santino did. I never found it funny. But Anma, like he has, like it's not like he's out there doing jokes. He's like a good wrestler, a good worker, and by all reports, I've heard Santino like was really a good worker at one point. But he's entered. But Anma's funny in in what he does, but it pertains to the match. Even uh, your boy uh, Toru Yano, right? It's like uh, yeah, like yeah. just just that whole thing of him trying Yano to Yano's like, flipping off. Yeah, he's just trying to like hawk CDs and 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 DVDs. Well, even like his, his facial expressions, like right. when he wins the match. Yeah, no, I know. And the other thing too is like I don't know if you know this, but like you know he's like a collegiate, a Japanese collegiate wrestling champion. So he actually has like a very legitimate like wrestling background, but you don't see that in in what he does. And then like not only he's always trying to sell stuff, like his finish is like literally yeah. a roll up, right? Yeah. So it's just like you got this like three hundred pound kind of fat dude, Pud- pudgy dude that right? doesn't look strong at that all. That can that can legitimately fight, but he's always uh, winning off some like well, yeah, yeah, cheap role. I, I think he had Alma that that one, and then I think Yano is that three that three he was in the six man. Yeah, yeah the six, and the he, six he got the he got the finish. Well, didn't that's he? what I'm saying. It's like so you, you have Alma, then then you have this match with with Yano, and it's just it's not so much that I'm, I'm starting to go on like man, like I'm watching because you guys are funny. Because the the thing is with Alma is that he's actually kind of taking the comedy out of it, right? Well, the the the, the whole thing with the headbutts he, is the, yeah, the comedy. Now right? he's starting to hit the headbutts, but so he still like, misses them a bunch of times. Yeah. But it's, it builds for the match, right? Because yeah. you know, like at some point he's going to hit one. Like, yeah. is he going to miss three? Is he going to miss five? But yeah. like, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Like, when is he going to hit this? And and then after he hits it, is he going to hit enough of them to actually win the match? And so, yeah, no, Hanma's really, he's really entertaining. Well, and even, like, Yano, too. It's like, yeah. you know, the, the thing with, with Santino was, I, I, so Santino did too much theatrics during, during this match, right? Like, the difference is, is that, you know, like, okay, even though, like, so Yano isn't a physically imposing person, and he doesn't really have, um, he doesn't really have, like, a, his moveset in, in the ring isn't really overpowering. And but but he's not comical about it either. I mean, he can do comical stuff like what what ha- he's he's comical after the match, right? Like he did, he won't have like a spot where he where he starts throwing his comedy in there. It's like it's after like when he like you know hits someone like especially like in these tag matches where he's not involved in the match and then mm-hmm. he does like a comical spot that works because it doesn't affect the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anma when he's when he's wrestling doesn't have the comedy gimmicks in in his match. Well, the headbutt is yeah, but, but, but it's still yeah. it's still part of the match. Yeah, I mean it's funny, but the thing the thing with Santino is like I actually thought like. Here's the thing, like, so his Santino's Viper thing or whatever it was, that was stupid, right? 
his trombone if his trombone was played the right way I think it could have been okay but the thing was is like I really liked I mean Santino used to do, do that style type of headbutt too and I and I I, I would I liked it but his matches were so short and he had so many comic, comic bits in the wrestling match itself where it wasn't wrestling where it's like dude like what the hell are you doing if I really feel that if they would have approached it like they did with Ama I think Santino would still probably have a job and I think there might be a case where um I wouldn't say you you would like him, but I think you you would respect him a little bit more. I'm, I'm not saying that I respect yeah. I respect, respect Santino, but yeah. there's something to be said with Ama. It's like there's no way I should like Ama or Yano. But you're right, the way they play him, it's like okay, I'm going to watch a match and I'm going to I'm going to be fully invested in an Ama match. And why is that? It's because I you know I respect him as a performer now. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that main event went the full hour, the uh, Okada match, which didn't record. <sighs> Killed me, dude. It was that was that Okada versus Tanahashi, or was it someone? Or it was Okada versus Tan? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't Tanahashi. It's Tanahashi fighting Naito. It was Okada and AJ. Okay, probably. Yeah. Who won that match? Okada. And so he won the title back. Yeah. Great. It was <laughs> well, maybe they'll show the replay. Yeah, you'll see. So, you should be able to see yeah. it on the replay. It, yeah, it was good. What you would expect. It was good. Yeah. Um, it's, it suits you. Yes. So. <laughs> Let's see, really quickly. Um, so you want to talk about the CWC? I mean, because you, you can tell me. I mean, I, if, if you want to talk about the results, I don't care. Okay, so well, so here, um, I'll talk about NXT really quick, and then I'll talk about this recent episode. So you're, ta- you're talking about the two things that I haven't watched. Right. Okay. So um, some wrestling fan I am. Recently, huh? you know, last week, uh, Bobby Roode made his, like, uh, debut, not match, but, like, he showed up. And then um, he came out. Look, he, looking like Rick Roode, right? He, he's always kind of had yeah. that that Rick Rude look. Um, I think Bobby Rude. I'm not a huge Bobby Rude mark. I respect him. I think he's a good hand. He was in Beer Money, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I liked him in Beer Money. I did like Beer Money, um, but um, I think he is a perfect. He's a perfect fit for what NXT needs right now. Um, he's a guy that has name. He can come in and kind of establish that credibility. He carries himself like a star. I, I don't think he's like a superstar like in the ring or on the mic. I think he's like he's plus in both, but he's not great. Can can he be a can he be a product of the WWE machine though in terms of like making him a star? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the kind of guy that that would probably fit into uh what de- what um walking like, a, walking like a panther. He's that yeah, type of guy. Sure. Oh, yo. <laughs> um so I think he I think like the thing is that I think the difference with a lot of these other guys that WWE's brought in, it's like they've had so much like indie cred or popularity that when they came in it's like uh, they had to be kind of a fan favorite when they first appeared like like Austin Aries like Samoa Joe through storyline you know those they were turned to become heels and, and they're effective at it um, but Bobby Roode just came in right away and cut like a pretty good heel promo last week and has stayed on message as like you know he's coming out being a heel he's gonna he challenged uh, your boy Andrade Cien almost uh, to a match at uh at the takeover that? Brooklyn, um, is that is that the the dancing guy? Yeah, the, no, no, that's no way, Jose. That's the <laughs> other Mexican guy that wears the hat and the suspenders with why, the double why, knee. Why is he my guy? It's just you, you're just you're just fooling about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> um, so but, so so but Grant, I think, so so the moral of the story is I gotta watch NXT, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now on to the CWC. So wait, 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 wait. Oh. We, we can't talk about NXT and not bring up the return of uh, one Kenta. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, I didn't see the match, but yeah. I'm glad he came back. Yeah. He's back, baby. Um, no, okay, he, it was a, okay. It was, let's talk about the CWC. No. Yeah. It, it, it was a fair match. It, it was a squash match, uh, but he got the job done. Um, so I'm looking forward to see. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more Kenta matches. Uh, what are we, Hideo Itami, um, going forward, and hoping that they build around him. What I'd like to see is ultimately you get to like a Hideo Itami and Austin Aries feud. I think that would that be would, very, that would that would do it. Yeah, yeah I I'd think, probably be interested in Austin Aries if that was the case. Yeah, which I, I'm, I'm giving the guy credit. I just haven't seen enough from him, mm-hmm. but he's good. Yeah, and he's gonna fight uh, Noah Jose at the at the thing. So, all right, CWC. Um, so this was the first. This is the first match or uh, the first episode of the second round. There was uh, two matches. It was Tajiri and uh, Tajiri lost. He did to uh, I can't remember. Um, is one the Luchador with the mask with the the guy that I like Grand 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 Metallic. Yeah. yeah. So Grand it was, a, it was that was a really good match. Um, and then the second one was Cedric Alexander against Kota Ibushi. That was a great match. What, what, who's Cedric Alexander? Um, he's one of the black guys in there. He he's uh, from the independent scene. He he's the guy whose finish is uh, that crazy finish, right? It's the suplex into the double knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was an awesome match. Um, who who won that match? <laughs> Cedric Alexander. He did. No. Wow, what an upset. <laughs> um, so uh, what I liked about this is. I like the fact that they're going two matches in an hour. So that means you get two like twenty to thirty minute matches. So there's so that allows the time that these guys need to to lay out and, and tell a good story and have a good match. So um, and and both of them were there was points where you know it, Tajiri seemed like he was going to win, um, and the finish the finish was good. But yeah, no, at least don't tell me the finishes, okay? Yeah, okay. Um, no, but it, they were good. Yeah. But uh, Cedric Alexander. And well, Grand 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 Metallic. I mean, he didn't he didn't suffer from a sophomore slump of uh, going to Lucha style, right? No, no. They were both of those matches were really good. And yes, as a as a uh, as a uh, definite hater of the Lucha style, I, I like Grand Metallic. Um, but the Kota Ibushi match, and so you got to see that match. It was, yeah. And then I thought one well, the really cool thing was like um, like after the match, like. Uh, you know how they kind of have the thing where they shake their hands and stuff like well, don't, that. Don't tell me that either, dude. Why? Well, I'm not. If it's something like a twist, I don't want to know about it. It's, it's not a twist. Okay. Um, they, they hug each other. And yeah, like you know, how, like they've been doing the tournament. They kind of do the respect thing. Yeah. And then when Cedric Alexander was kind of going back on the ramp, like um, like the crowd was going, like, sign him now, sign him now. Yeah. And then like Triple H came out of the back and kind of like uh, shook his hand and put his arm around him and like, hey, let's go in the back. So, um, I thought like. I don't know. It, it may it may have been kayfabe or whatever, but it fit the moment really well. And I mean, I think. Yeah, th- thanks for ruining that for me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, told you that's like a that that's kind of a twist. Is it? Really? Is it? I thought I thought you were talking about like within whatever. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry that that five seconds. Of it's Triple like H. it's like being told that Darth Maul died before I saw the movie. Darth Maul. Oh, Darth Maul died. Thanks a lot, bro. Well, I didn't actually tell you that he died, but. Yeah. I said, didn't it suck what happened to Darth Maul? Well, what happened to Darth Maul? Um, <laughs> did, 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 he, did he get served? Is he, is he, is he dead? Um, <laughs> did, did he leave a dollar fifty tip? What, what about a... <laughs> oh, so before we wrap then, and I don't know, we got much time, but for last week's, uh, the end of the first round of the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, I thought Gargano and Chiampa had an excellent match. Um, I really enjoyed that match quite a bit. Uh, you got to refresh me. Um, I'm, watch, I'm watching a lot of wrestling. They're a tag team in NXT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they fought each other. That was a good lap. match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't care for the finish a whole lot as compared to like what the match was. Like the finish was a little bit anticlimactic, but 
like I was thinking like that was something that could have been like in the vicinity of a match of the year candidate the way it was going till Except for the finish till the finish and but like um, I've been watching them a lot in NXT I mean I think I'm not like um, well how refreshment the finish was had some like the ropes up. right yeah. yeah yeah but this it was, was by the turnbuckle or something like that right yeah yeah um, it was just like Ciampa was beating the hell out of him and he kept getting it was like two or three false finishes because Ciampa is the bigger one of the two. And then it was, yeah, kind of like a, and like, it, it kind of, you were getting the feeling like, uh, like the way that they were telling the story, I felt like Ciampa didn't want to like, like he was getting the frustration of, I can't put him away, but also like, uh, he wasn't going for that kill shot. It didn't quite seem. And then, and then, uh, and then he got rolled up in the end when he, he wasn't like, uh, you know, got distracted or wasn't paying attention or whatever. But overall, like, you know, I've been watching them. I think they're pretty good. I'm not, like, you know, jumping up and down for them. But that match they had against each other, that, that was an excellent match. So so in, instead of instead of it being, like, an, an epic match in terms of storytelling, right, where where the guy does do the kill shot, you know, they, they have to do kind of like a weak roll-up to And then the reason why I say that is because I remember um, you had Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, and uh, AJ Styles. And Joe was just, like, Killing AJ Styles, right? Mm-hmm. Was it AJ? It might have been, or Christopher Downs. One of the two, I think it might have been Christopher Downs. He was just destroying Christopher Downs, and like AJ had to throw in the towel, or Christopher Downs had to throw in the towel. And I think Daniels threw in the towel on AJ's yeah, behalf. Yeah. So you know, and I always remember remember that because it's like, no, not only is that like doing the job, you know, for Samoa Joe, but it, this the story element was was so there that that's just, that's something that I, I'm always going to remember. And I, this, that match could have this match could have been the same way. And I think when you have like. You know, which even furthers my point about a Seth Rollins running. You know, it's like instead, it's, it's an easier way to tell the story of like a, a quick roll of pin because it's what people know. Mm-hmm. People people don't like to see someone get beat down and then actually like get pinned, unless unless it, it, it's Hulk Hogan versus a uh, Macho Man. Yeah, I do. I can. <laughs> All right, so we're at Moodle Scale. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. I got my boy uh, Bed at my donuts over here on Bad News Ramen. I think we're all fresh, plum out of ideas and. Uh, I think I'll be okay. I don't think I have any 4.30 a.m. Uh, wake-up times next week, so I might be okay. Good good news is that school school's starting again, so. Yeah, i got to go back to work next yeah. week. So, well, for me, it's freedom, you know, with the bagpipes with uh, with one uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, playing outlawed tune on outlaw pipes over here? <laughs> Pretty much, dude. All right. Move to scale and we're out. I break kids, step into my zone, mad rhymes will stifle ya Lines like rifles go blast when I kick some ass A lot of rappers be like one-time wonders Couldn't say a fly rhyme if there was one right under their noses I hate those motherfucking poses, but I'm so real to them it's scary And with my unique skills, nah, you can't compare me And no, we don't make whack tracks And all the suckers get pushed back when I'm kicking real facts I represent, set up shit like a tech boy